He's an author and a PR communications Jedi. His book, How the Force Can Fix the World, analyzes the virtues of Star Wars and explains how to apply these lessons to the modern world. My daughter is, is 12 years old and she's got baby pictures, you know, wearing a Darth Vader helmet. So it's a huge part of our daddy-daughter story. And most importantly, he's a dad. Stephen Kent, welcome to Pop Wisdom. Let's do it. What do you want written on your gravestone? Probably just he loved Italian bread. <laughs> people, people. Are you pandering to me? Is that what's happening? People, people will know what I'm about. My daughter and I were walking in a cemetery a couple of weeks ago, and there was a, a husband and a wife, and their tombstones were baseball themed. And, you know, we, we had looked at all these different uh, headstones, and we're like, oh, they're like, this is the first people where, like, we know what like, they were really kind of about. You know, there's really nothing I love more than, uh, than French and Italian bread. You're not going to have, bread. A, like, some kind of Star Wars. I'm going to put forward, maybe you should think about some kind of sculpture of all the characters in action poses. They, we could do that. My dad, my, dad, <laughs> my dad still calls me Skywalker. Maybe I'll pass that on. The Force is with him. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite dad expression? I always say to my daughter, we all make choices. And it's, you know, when, when the kid has eaten too much birthday cake, a top popcorn and soda at a friend's birthday party, and then they complain about a stomach ache. And you, you told them like, hey, don't, don't have soda with the popcorn with the cake, but it's also a birthday party. So you just kind of let them fall into the, the mistake and let them do it. And then they complain about it. And I, I just say, we all make choices. And we say that all the time. And, and then of course, like it's thrown back at me uh, when I complain about eating too much bread at the Italian restaurant. And then I'm like, I feel bloated. <laughs> and my, my daughter will be like, yeah, we all make choices, so. What's the most valuable thing you've learned from your kids, from your daughter? She is one of those dance like nobody's watching type kids where she, for the past three years, has been wearing khakis, khaki pants, khaki button down, and an Indiana Jones hat because she is an acolyte of Steve Irwin and the Irwin families of Australia Zoo. <laughs> and she does not care. You know, someone, someone's like, why aren't you wearing a dress? Or, you know, do you have any colors in your wardrobe? She's having the time of her life. And every day when she wakes up, she knows what she is going to wear. And it's not complicated or hard for her. And I picked uh, this shirt after like 30 minutes uh, to come here today. I wandered around Target in circles for, <laughs> for way too long. And she would have known exactly what she was getting. Um, some new khakis. That inhibition that our kids have, it's like, there's always a lesson in there. What is the number one lesson you've learned from your dad? So my dad, early on in my life, was pretty explosive. He had a, mm -hmm. had a shorter temper. Today, he is not that person. He is mellowed out. You know, he's just very patient and just very attentive. But I didn't understand who he was when he was younger, because I was a child. And I now I'm getting to know who he actually is. And so I think I've just learned to have grace and try to understand that people are going through things in their life from my dad and to not be like so wounded about the time when I was eight and he screamed at me because now I have screamed at a child who didn't deserve it. If you have a parent that hasn't 
irrationally flown off the handle on you at least once, then you have really lived a charmed childhood. And maybe not charmed, maybe you're my actually daughter, damaged by that. My daughter is going through this thing right now where she sneaks around the house uh, as, as quietly as she can, and she'll, she'll get up behind you a couple weeks ago. And, uh, she just appeared out of nowhere. I'm so ashamed of how angry I was. Yeah, I had to apologize. And uh, my, my dad would have apologized too. Yeah, that's another good lesson. What does masculinity mean to you? Or what is masculinity? Masculinity is responsibility and taking on dragons, monsters, challenges as they come and not looking for someone else to solve them. Now, obviously that says nothing about when women uh, have demons to conquer and challenges, but you know, that's, that's something separate. That's something that I can't speak on. There are things that I think men and women can both exhibit and also things that like need each other in a yin yang kind of way. What a traditionalist view. <laughs> I mean, My and, wife and, is chaos. I mean, <laughs> I, that's what I love about her. I'm drawn towards it. She's like a tornado, not just of like emotions, but interests. And you know, the way that she moves through the world, uh, she does things spontaneously. And I was drawn to that in her when we were 14 and 15 years old. And I was much more tuck my shirt in and you know, be a member of society. And I think she was attracted to that. I think of myself as someone who kind of fills that void for her of, you know, a little bit of stability and order. And for her, I'm looking for fun. <laughs> What's your favorite household chore and why? Ooh, I am a cleaner. I love to vacuum. I love to dust. I love to disinfect surfaces. Take that viewers who saw the last question and thought, what a bunch of gender stereotype nonsense you people are pushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like to order the house and ordering the house to me is very much sort of an act of, uh, of being a man. Clean house, orderly shelves, blankets on the little blanket ladder by the TV. That matters a lot to me. Masculine and yet you also sound exactly like my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most dangerous thing you ever did as a child? I climbed a retirement home with my brother and one of my friends. And then we like snuck around the roof of this retirement home and we like watched the people play chess in the courtyard and and just like like hoot and holler down at the poor old people. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I don't know if it was like dangerous, but we could have fallen. Sure. Uh, at any time yeah. we were nine years old, it would have probably been a nasty fall. And it was also just dumb and mean-spirited. And uh, we did get caught and like pulled by the ear into the place to, to call our parents and maybe the police. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. What's the most dangerous thing you've let your kid do? <laughs> oh, reckless. Um, I like the sound of this already. Lord, and this is because my mom let me do it. Hanging Rock in North Carolina, it's outside of Winston-Salem. There is a way where you can get to the very top of the rock face, the cliff, Normally you would take a path like a sane person that spirals up the rock all the way to the top and you would take pictures of the top, it'd be beautiful. There's also a crack where you can go like back against the wall and feet up against the other side really tight. And you can like shuffle your way up. How tall is this uh, I don't thing? know, but I mean, if you, you fell at 10 years old, you, you'd die. <laughs> so, or at least, at least yeah. be maimed. I did it though, and my mom, my mom thought it was cool, and it was so much fun, and so we did it. And you know, I, I look back on it and go, 
you know, the stakes of that were too high, you know, for the amount of fun that that was. But you shuffle your way up the crack of Hanging Rock, and then you emerge from the top like a creature, you know, like, oh, like I'm coming out of the rock. And people are hiking by you like, what the heck? And uh, then your your 10-year-old comes out and they're like, oh, this person is uh, psychotic. <laughs> How have you most damaged your kid, either physically or mentally? I believe that the greatest service that I have given to my child, which is also possibly going to one day emerge as a wound, is talking very openly about everything that goes on in the world. And we have deep, layered conversations, I believe, about the way that the world is and what happens in it. So my daughter has a, a pretty clear view that the world is not sunshine and rainbows. She's also very happy, well-adjusted, and moves through life with no anxiety because we, we tell her everything. But I do, I do wonder if that one day is going to emerge as a resentment, you know, you didn't let me just think the world was sunshine and rainbows. You know, I think we all need a little damage, right? <laughs> yeah, just not the kind where you fall down hanging rocks. <laughs> yeah. All right, Stephen, thanks for being on Pop Wisdom. Thanks, John. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dad Saves America podcast. If you did, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss the next episode. It also really helps us out when you leave us a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts. For more content like this, including video versions of these conversations, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dadsavesamerica.